welcome to the Movie Know-It-All podcast here on the Know-It-All Network. We are your hosts, I'm Will. And I'm Bob, and where we're going, we won't need eyes. Ooh, <laughs> one of the creepiest moments of this movie, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be talking about... Today, we're going to be kicking off the horror season. Much anticipated horror season. Colder weather. Uh, Halloween stuff. Horror. Uh, uh, what, what's that place called that takes over all the abandoned buildings? Uh, spook Central, oh, whatever. Uh, oh, fucking uh, Spirit of Halloween. Spirit Halloween, yeah, yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Event Horizon, ladies and gentlemen, from what 1996? Yes, 1996. I think he followed Paul Anderson. Follow Paul W. S. Anderson, excuse me. Oh, like, Mortal with, Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, he followed yeah. Mortal Kombat with this because remember, you don't want to mistake Paul W. S. Anderson for PTA. Like they'll cut you, bro. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing, man. Uh, both directors, even though they share. Uh, 75% of their name. They also share the fact that they can divide audiences with the, just those names, you know? Bro, Paul W.S. Paul W.S. <laughs> Anderson is a curse <laughs> in the weirdest way because yeah. Paul W.S. Anderson can take your, like, like, he can take your movies, like, your stories, your video games, and he can beat them into the ground in the most god-awful way. And then, for some weird reason, nobody can do it better. Well, I'll tell you one thing, man. Early on in his career, I became a Paul W.S. Anderson fan because he, at the time, he made my favorite movie of all time, which was Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. And I saw that, I remember... Because back then, my parents were like, no, you can't watch that movie. It's rated R. But it's rated PG. No, it's rated R. Because I say so, you know? <laughs> so, like, I was I was so upset that I couldn't watch Mortal Kombat because it was rated R. Uh, even though it was PG-13. I mean, it was a hard PG-13, but it was PG-13 nonetheless. And I was 14. That? And I was 14 at the time when it came out. I was 14, right? So... <clears throat> So uh, my mom one day comes home from from uh, from work, and she just puts like an envelope on the table for me, mm. and she's like, "Here, go uh, go have fun." And it was a ticket to Mortal Kombat. That's dope. And she, and she dropped me off, and that was one of the first movies I went to by myself by myself first to go watch I've, it. First movie I ever went to by myself was X Men, like the original X Men. Nice, nice, and and like. Oh, yeah, I remember I went to go see um, Mortal Kombat. My uncle and my aunt took me at like 9.30 at night. And like my bedtime was 10 when I was a kid. I was 10 years old when Mortal Kombat <laughs> came out. And like my yeah. bedtime was 10, 10.30 on a merciful night. So like my mom and my dad hammered it in my head. They're like, look, dude, you're probably not going to be home till closer to like 12. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And he's like, and you're going to school tomorrow. Like wrap your head around that because it was a school night, and they're yeah. like, "Don't, don't tell me you're tired. I don't care if you're tired. I will drag your sleepy yeah. ass to school. Like you're going. Understand that." And I'm like, "All right, all right. I don't care. I want to go. Like, I desperately yeah. want to go see Mortal Kombat." But like as big as Mortal Kombat is today, um, like it it was bigger back then. God, it was ridiculous. It was everywhere because Mortal like, Kombat one and two had come out. And mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat the movie was coming out around the same time as Mortal Kombat 3. 
mm-hmm. the video game. Yeah. So the hype was palpable, man. It was so, still. It was one of the most heart like, just panic inducing trailers I had ever mm-hmm. seen. Dude, like, the opening. The, yeah. The like, opening I, of the movie was just. I I can remember so much about that trailer, and like where I was the first time I saw it, because like you hear rumors of it, like just rumors mm-hmm. and rumors, and I didn't have like my uncle really didn't start collecting toys till '96, like right around this uh, time. So like, I didn't have any access to like superhero movies. I didn't have Wizard because I used to fucking subscribe to Wizard and like uh, Toy Fair and like all that shit. And like, um, like you'd get like little things telling you like what what new movies are coming out and stuff like that. That was because there was no internet in '95. Mm-hmm. Well, there was, but not at our house. There was, but <laughs> like only one kid in the entire neighborhood had it. Yeah, <laughs> like fucking the school didn't have it yet. So like, uh, they had one could, room, one room with yeah. like five computers that had the internet, <laughs> and and you had to, and you can you had to wait until uh, your assigned class time because it took forever to get online. Well, it was you weird, know? dude. And like <laughs> they would they would tell us not to let the computers go dark. Yeah, so like, do not let the computer go dark. Like, wiggle the mouse. It'll mess up your screen. <laughs> yeah, and like. I can remember the first time I saw that trailer, my mom bought the mask for me, uh, ah, the so. the Jim Carrey movie, yeah. and like it's like the third trailer on the VHS tape. I had never fucking seen this before. Like I had heard, you know, you hear people talk about it. Some some of my friends said they have the the preview comes out at the beginning of certain movies at the theater, but like I hadn't been in the theater in a while, and I was like, horse shit, man. Like I just I don't buy it. And fucking, I, I didn't believe it until I finally see it. And like this unknown director, Paul W.S. Anderson is doing it. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I was already like super obsessed. I was like, I need to know everything about this fucking movie. I had mm-hmm. some tape I got at Pizza Hut, I think. And like, it had a cartoon. It was a really weird animated cartoon and like a behind yeah. the scenes like thing about the movie. And like showing you the fight that. choreography. Like, remember that tape? Uh- that, I remember was the that most... because I worked at because I worked at Hollywood Video and we had that tape for rent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood Video had it for rent. Like yeah. I had it. Like I got it at Pizza Hut. I think. Mm-hmm. Like I can't really remember where where it was that I actually got it, but it feels like that. But no, uh, it was a promotional. I remember it was a promotional thing. Uh, yeah, that they gave out for for I don't know. You have to like send off for it or something. I don't know. Yeah, like there was a big. But sign. it was also available. It was also available at for rental like ten years later. Yeah, and like it had a big sign on the bottom of the of the box that said "Not for resale." Like they were <laughs> yeah. they, they were super like, "Don't fucking sell it, you asshole." Yeah. But um, yeah, dude, and I, I remember just the intensity of that trailer, and like that was around the time I started wanting to know like all these things about all these directors, and like you get privy to fucking things like Event Horizon, and like so, whoa, so uh, still to this day, I love it. After- after the immense success of the first Mortal Kombat movie, uh, they offered him the sequel. And mm. he was like, no, I don't want to do the same thing again, right? Yeah. Uh, famous last words. Yeah, <laughs> right? Famous but last words. He he was basically given carte blanche to do whatever he wanted next. Yeah. And he had this idea, which in all fairness had been done before. 
Oh yeah, it's uh, a haunted house movie. But it, yeah, it's a haunted house movie. But he wanted to do a haunted house movie in space. Yeah. And I make this joke, and I've always made this joke, and it makes me laugh. I'm like, he made aliens in space. Yeah, yes, dude. <laughs> I was like, because aliens, alien is a fucking slasher. Like, if you yeah. really like, think about it, it's, it's a, a fucking feature. Yeah, it's like it's a creature feature, like, like fucking slasher movie. Slasher. Yeah, and but, like it's just in space, and like sometimes <laughs> your surroundings make it worse. Like it really does make it very like it's claustrophobic. And there's yep. so many of these gigantic, it's a difficult task to have these incredible and gigantic and stupid sets that he had in this movie. Like he had some insane sets and like, it still feels so claustrophobic. Like, so, uh, interesting like he, had first, he had first come up with the idea because he, he, uh, he had said that like one of his favorite genres is uh, like haunted house movies. Yeah, like supernatural, supernatural movies, mm-hmm. and one of the things that he always had trouble getting over was why don't they just leave the house? Right, you know? right. But and, and so he wanted to put him in a situation where they couldn't leave. Yeah, you know. And believe it or not, shooting a movie in space is cheaper than shooting a movie in water. So yeah, <laughs> amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, uh, he wanted he wanted to make make the 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 movie and. Uh, they they gave him everything that he needed to to make it, and I got to tell you, man, he came up, or he brought he brought together, like one of the the top casts in the nineties. Oh, it was such a fucking uh, great ensemble. So you've got Sam Neill, Lawrence Fishburne, Jason Isaacs, Jolie Richardson, the freaking. Uh, so I had only seen Kathleen Quinlan in a in a uh, um, in Apollo thirteen. Yeah, and then I saw her in the Doors because I saw uh-huh. Apollo 13 first, and then I saw the Doors, which it's funny because the Doors came out like like five years before. Yeah, a couple years before that. And uh, uh, and then I saw her in this, and you know she became one of my favorite because one, she's freaking hot as hell, dude. Oh yeah, she's and beautiful. and and she's two, so like she is totally different in this movie than she is in any other movie, right? Um, and then she, con- she conveys was, brave and, and like terrified very well. She has really good. Only, she has a very good range. She, she has this vulnerability to her. Yes, that's the word. Like, that's the word. Yeah, like she's very she, like especially in this movie where she plays a, a a mother who's who's taken away from her sick child. Yeah, you know, and you see the sadness in her, but you also see the strength that like she has a job to do. Yeah, it's a job. Do the job, right? It's, so, it really is like I know, like like he wanted them to be space truckers in Alien, but this, these people yeah. are space truckers, or they're like, they're they're like search and rescue, right? Like, yeah. like you could tell that these people they're trained, you yeah. know, and and they're like they've they're been trained through, for space rescue. Yeah, and like they're not they're not you know some uh, uh, hokey people who don't know any better, right? Like these yeah. these are trained professionals. Yeah, um, and and. So let me ask you this, dude. Um, do you know the difference or can spot the difference between uh, Kip Pardue and Jack Noseworthy? Bro. <laughs> so, like, the only way I'm able to do it is Jack Noseworthy has a really, like, distinct voice. Yeah. Like, he has he has a voice that I always felt should have been in cartoons. So like, this cat, 
basically he had a movie out every year in the 90s yeah <laughs> you know hardcore like, like he was in everything dude. he was in breakdown barbed wire remember barbed wire with pamela anderson yeah kathleen coleman uh, was in breakdown also yeah that's that's true that's very true she yeah. was she was awesome Great in movie. that one and, and kurt russell um, yeah thank you for pointing that movie out i really love yeah. it i just showed that movie to my wife a while back yeah. and she and like, patty was like dude this is a good one i'm like i know it's great it's great man and, and it's got and it's got that guy. Oh, what's his name? That that character actor that passed away a couple years ago. Um, um, he was in. He was in like ten movies in five years in the late nineties. Oh, the main bad uh, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget his like, name, man. He was I, talent too. Yeah, he was. He was great, man. But uh, he was also one of my favorite uh, horror comedies of all time, Idle Hands. Um, yes, dude. Like I still to this day one of my favorite like quotes from Jack Noseworthy in that movie was all right you host of evil fuckstick <laughs> nobody touches my Ford. Like, yeah. I love him in that movie, dude. Idle Hands uh, is such a fucking great movie. Yeah, and then he was in he was in one of the most uh, like surprising comedy aside from Clueless that surprised me by how good it was. The Brady Bunch movie also surprised me by how amazingly good it was. Uh, he was in that. We movie. are flam. <laughs> so uh so yeah man um and then let me ask you this do you know that can you tell the difference between sean pertwee and uh uh jason isaacs <laughs> I, only one reason for that too because uh, when i when i was younger and i watched this movie no i couldn't tell the difference between them no uh, but he is one of my absolute Sean Pertwee is one of my absolute favorite iterations, favorite versions of Alfred. Yeah, he was Alfred like, in Gotham, right? Yes, dude, and he is so fucking good. Like he's a great yeah. Alfred. He's a great Alfred. And yeah. Jason Isaacs, believe it or not, didn't he play Superman in Red Sun? I think he voiced him. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And Lawrence Fishburne played uh, Perry White in the Man of Steel movies. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, excuse yeah. me. So we've got this great cast, including Richard T. Jones, who I got to tell you, man, I honestly think that Richard T. Jones was joking around during his audition. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul, because like he plays like the most stereotypical black guy ever in this movie. Yeah. And, and, and Paul W.S. Anderson was like, yes, you could totally do that. Please, please do that on, on, on set, please. You know, I, like, I, dude, I, I was I, just joking. <laughs> I think fucking... Paul W.S. Anderson suffered from the same thing that fucking Rennie Harlan did. And yeah. it's like, he doesn't mean to be racist, but like black people don't do things <laughs> that aren't cool. <laughs> and I think I'm cool. And I think I talk like a black guy sometimes. So say what I say, like, that's not okay. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. You're signing the paychecks, Paul. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, uh, Richard Jones was in one of my all time favorite movies in the nineties, the wood uh totally underrated drama dude um and uh i remember watching that movie in the theaters and then like watching it again like a week later because i liked it so much but anyway my old stepsister showed me that movie (laughs) like what a funny thing to say (laughs) but like yeah she was my dad was my dad married her mom for a few years and like yeah dude she would show me like movies like that i she showed me blood in blood out uh, oh, like me, like Mi Vida Loca, like all those movies. She was real into those movies. Yeah, dude, and if you like, grow up in the valley here in Texas, dude, like you have to watch that movie at least once in your lifetime. It's yeah. like required viewing Blood in Blood Out. 
Yeah. <laughs> Even they, though it takes place in California. <laughs> I watched it in class after Stand and Deliver. No I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> that would have that would have been a really cool yeah. teacher. But like so, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, the 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 cast of this movie is great. The set Very design. Holy the shit, set, the set design, design is, is like would would uh make Anton first extremely proud. Yeah. You know. It, it it's uh, it's it's so fucking like they 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 worked really hard to do Geiger without doing Geiger. They're like do the same thing but give it edges. Don't make it so round and squishy. Yeah. Like and it does. The Everything guy, is very gridded in this movie. It's funny you mentioned uh, Randy Harlan because the guy who, the production designer was Joseph Bennett and one of his other movies was Deep Blue Sea. Sir, I will always mention Randy Harlan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I want to I mention like the art dec- art decoration, uh, like Phil Adley, Phil, Philip, David Ad- Alday, Philip Elton, Mark Harris. Mm. Man, like... It, the 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 set design it's designed like a gothic uh one of those gothic haunted mansions yeah like it looks uh, like a haunted house gi- like the gigantic rooms uh the small vents uh everything looks decorated like it was decorated by a steelsmith you know mm-hmm. um like everything it, everything sh- like it you would think that it was uh, a gothic uh victorian house yeah, um, not a spaceship, you know. And so like, they they do such a good job of like every little detail that they do, like the the spear. I don't know what those things are called, the ones that intersect with each other but they never touch. Yeah, like that that that's like the heart of the ship. That's the thing that keeps it running. And like that room, like that chamber room alone. Like yeah, I like that- how. Just little details like this, because you look at it and like, it's in, it's it's interesting because they really do use this thing for guidance systems. Yeah, like they really do use it. So like, whoever designed like a gyroscope it, kind of thing, gyroscope. That's it. Yeah, like it's a gy- it's a gyrosphere. So like, whoever came up with the design, like had to know at least that much about guidance systems. Uh-huh. Like, it, it's such a tall task to ask somebody because you really have to look at like. I have this idea. I need you to bring it to life. Like what an impossibly difficult job that is for somebody to tell you this needs to look like a haunted house that's been in hell from space. From the 1800s. Like, from the 1800s. But it's got to <laughs> also look like it's from 2430, whatever the fuck. And yeah. it's like, holy shit. And this guy's like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> like you Say no more, it. fam. Say no more. (laughs) And they really built it. Like every room, like the fucking, the, like the emergency, like the hospital room they have in there that Kathleen Quinlan is in. Like that that room is just, yeah, it's it's green, silver, and white. Yeah. Like it looks, it looks like a villain. Like the walls look like a villain. The ship is very much a a character. Yeah. Your bad guy are the walls. And the sets. That's the bad guy. It's really hard to uh, you have to be extremely creative in order to make the yeah. set its own character. You know, first yes. did it in in, in Batman eighty nine. Uh, yes. the, the designers did it in this movie. You know, uh, uh, they did it in the original Alien movie. The the, the what is it? The Nostros was uh, yeah. 
was like a character unto itself, the design of the yeah. ship. As utilitarian as it is, like mm-hmm. it really had its own atmosphere and everything. And yes, they took a lot from that movie, from those movies, uh, in the design and the look and the feel of this movie. But yeah. the way things <laughs> progress, the way the story progresses in this movie, it, it's it's only an hour and a half long. Yeah, it's very short. Which is crazy because, like, this it, it's one of those movies that I remember, like, even now, because, like, you know, you know how I am. I watch the movie while we do the podcast, too. And, mm-hmm. like, even now, as fast as it's moving, I'm like, God, man, like, like this movie's so quick. It feels like it, it feels like it could be and it should be longer. Yeah. Like, but and instead, it, it, it just, it's, like, it it's flies. Very quick. It's very quick, but it doesn't feel rushed. Right. You know? And that's because they cut a really, really, really a famously intense scene. Oh, yeah. Not... We will get to that. We will get yeah. to that scene because, honestly, uh, on one hand, I'm kind of glad they cut it out. But on the mm. other hand, like, it makes for a great special feature on the DVD. Yeah. Hell yeah. And that, it sucks because, like, this was – there is a certain intensity that comes with trying to do things in, like, hell. Yeah. And like the the closest thing to it at that time that was like, oh, like hell's a dark room with spinning wood is, yeah. was like fucking like Hellraiser. Like that mm-hmm. was the closest thing in the 90s in a horror movie that we really got to like your visual hell. And like Event Horizon was like, no, like Paul W. Sanderson was like, no, we've got to go further than that. Like, we've got to go further. And they went so far that the soccer moms were like, we will fucking let your movie on yeah. fire. I like, honestly believe, no. I honestly believe that the reason why they went so hardcore with that deleted scene was because uh, they wanted to distract the MPAA <laughs> into letting honestly, everything else in. You might you know? be right. You might because, really be right because, like, I've only seen pictures of it because there's no footage that exists of it. According no, to, no, like, they filmed it, but it was lost. Yeah, so like, it so hit there's the really only clips and, and snippets, and like, there's like a picture of that somebody took of the yeah. screen showing the scene. You know, yeah, but and it, they definitely did shoot it, and I and I honestly believe because there are some scenes in this movie that <laughs> in any other movie would automatically make it. An NC-17 movie. Yeah, or, dude. You know, like it, so, the 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 two that stick out to me is like the the little when when Kathleen Quinlan sees her kid in the oxygen tank, uh-huh. like in the in the oxygen tent, and she like opens it, and his leg he's like sickly looking, and his legs are covered in like sores. Yeah, like that was like okay, like you don't want to show kids dying of cancer like like that. When you show yeah. a kid dying of cancer, he has to be dying with like a little bit of grace. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like brave and ready <laughs> to die. Like this kid's actively rotting. And it's like, whoa, we don't fuck with <laughs> endearment. Relax. Yeah. Like, we're here to make you cry, not vomit. Like, <laughs> like but that so, scene is fucked up. Like, if you really think about yeah. it, like 96, like Right before Wes Craven decided to kill horror movies, because like, <laughs> boy, they were bad in the '90s. Like, they were they were really falling short. There were a few really good ones, and like uh-huh. some that got through the cracks. 
But then, like, fucking Wes Craven showed up and made fun of everything anybody ever did. And then everybody had to be like, okay, well, then we can't do that anymore. Well, what do we do? Like, no, we'll do what Wes is doing. Like, No, but, like, it's so funny because, like, Wes Cra- Craven pretty much created the slasher genre. Yeah. Um, and he then he destroyed it. it. And then Hollywood took all the wrong lessons from it. <laughs> Boy. Like what they're gonna do, like what they what they're gonna do with the Barbie movie, like they're just gonna take all the wrong lessons. Hey, let's do that, except you know, make make a, a, a basically a copy of Scream, yeah. and you know, like it, oh god. Anyway, I could go down a whole tangent. On I was screen. gonna say anyway, like, that's a rabbit hole, dude. Yeah, that's, that's a rabbit, rabbit hole. hole yeah. So uh, what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna take a real quick break, and then we're, we're going to uh, go uh, ID eye holes deep into <laughs> that was into the other scene horizon. yeah that was the other like, scene i was gonna say it was like the his his dead wife walking around without eyes like that's yeah man i'll tell you but anyway we'll be right back here on the uh movie know-it-all podcast on the know-it-all network we'll be right back made public about the event horizon that she was a deep space research vessel that her reactor went critical and that the ship blew up none of that is true the event horizon is the culmination of a secret government project to create a spacecraft capable of faster than light flight oh, no, excuse me see you can't actually do that the law of relativity prohibits faster than light travel relative yes we can break the law of relativity can go around it. Ship doesn't really go faster than light. What it does is it creates a dimensional gateway that allows it to jump instantaneously from one point of the universe to another light years away. How? Well, it's, it's difficult to, it's all math. Try it, Doctor. Right, well, uh, using layman's terms, use a retaining magnetic field to focus a narrow beam of gravitons. These in turn fold space-time consistent with veil tensor dynamics until the space-time curvature becomes infinitely large and you produce a singularity. Now, a singularity... Layman's terms. Well, fuck layman's terms. Do you speak English? Um, imagine for a minute that this piece of paper... Oh, excuse me. Uh, that's Vanessa and that's mine. Uh, attractive piece of paper represents space-time and you want to get from Point A here to point B there. Now, what's the shortest distance between two points? A straight line. Wrong. <laughs> shortest distance between two points is zero, and that's what the gateway does. It folds space so that point A and point B coexist in the same space and time. And the spacecraft passes through the gateway. Space returns to normal. You know what? You know what's so great about this scene? What? That I love so much about it? Mm-hmm. Is that all the hypothesis that he's talking about is technically feasible. Yeah. It, it, so, it's, it's very Stephen Hawking. Like so a lot of here, this is Stephen Hawking's ideas. 
So this movie, I, I, I credit this movie with one of the reasons why um, I follow uh, astrophysics and I follow like uh, the science of space travel and and how completely insane space is because that's my like fascination with it. But you have no like nobody has, including me, has no ability to comprehend how immensely large our universe and galaxy is. Like, yeah, it's ever expanding. So, we are so that is putting it lightly, brother. Right? <laughs> we are. That's so, like saying that's like saying the bread rises in the oven. No shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Can you no, imagine like, Stephen? Hawk- can you imagine Stephen Hawking watching this scene? Oh, simple. Why didn't I think of that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's so funny because Stephen Hawking was known, like he was a known prankster mm-hmm. and like a joker. And he loved it when people tried to impersonate him. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but like... But anyway... But it's, anyway it's uh, true though. Like it's so like... They found a really interesting way of like being able to explain it to a bunch of dullards like us, because yeah. like but that's exactly how Stephen Hawking that, yeah. that that whole that whole paper thing. That's exactly mm-hmm. how Stephen Hawking described wormholes. Yeah, he actually a piece of paper and he folded it and he put you know before he would he got in his wheelchair or whatever. But when he was describing it, he, he that's how he described it. And that's where they got the the idea to do that from. And that's, of course, it's a, like a million times more complicated than that. But that's basically the idea of, of faster than light travel. Yeah. Uh, technically, uh, it, it uh, currently the way we we uh, 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 describe it or, or the way we understand it, it's impossible to go faster than the speed of light. Mm-hmm. The reason why we cannot go faster than the speed of light is because the amount of energy it would take to get us to that point exceeds any any uh, uh, um, exceeds the the weight and or, or whatever of our ship. So basically, yeah. uh, uh, we don't have the capacity to carry enough fuel or any kind of fuel that will make it possible to get us to that point. Mm-hmm. Because any amount of fuel that will get us to that point uh we can't carry it along with us if that makes any sense you know i'll take a couple million miles per hour (laughs) (laughs) i think that would um, be a huge success but even then like if we were to go to the nearest star like i think the nearest star is like alpha centauri or something like that uh the nearest star if we were to go the speed of light it would still take us like a hundred thousand years yeah to get there you know it's fucking absurd which isn't like we can't comprehend these distances, bro. Like we no. can't. But anyway, that being but, said, but Alex that, Jones tells you the ducks are technically free at the lake. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. So, so that being said, the science in this movie, while technically being right, is all fiction, right? Yeah, it's absurd. It's absurd but, to think we could do that. But it opens up the perfect premise. Yeah. Because while we think of our existence on this plane of existence, mm-hmm. right? On the yeah. this flat plane, the 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 idea that we can cross into another dimension to get to another point in our in our own dimension 
opens up the world of possibilities to what is in those other dimensions, you know? And that's what's brilliant about this movie is that it opens up that door and what we find on the other side is what we think of as hell. And I hope everybody's horror... paying attention to Will because there's going to be a quiz afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So go ahead. But, but <laughs> like, the, the idea that hell is real it's just in another plane of existence yeah that's a scary thought that's a very very scary thought yeah like you know like just the the it's one of those like um as a writer i envy those types of ideas like oh bitch that's a good one yeah like i've had like two of those ideas and i'm real like yeah you can bring me some wine about it but like that is such a fucking clever like way of mixing actual science with supernatural with shit we don't understand that's the fun part about science like how does this work <laughs> fuck if we know yeah and that's <laughs> the hard thing to do the hard thing yeah. to do is, is to meld supernatural with science fiction you know yeah because if alien was a ghost it wouldn't work no, it wouldn't. You know, because they, because they didn't really they didn't really explain, or they couldn't explain back then what we know. Uh, well, back in ninety five, you know, yeah. 90, 96, yeah. 97. because what we knew in seventy seven, or was it seventy eight? Seventy eight, right? Alien. Seventy eight. Well, what we knew in seventy eight was. Leaps and bounds behind what we knew in 1996, 97. Yeah. You know? Like, so, this theory whole... got real, like, huge. A lot of people got real into it. And instead of trying to understand the mic the microcosms of the universe, we're going to just try to figure out the whole fucking thing. Like, the <laughs> yeah. balls on you guys. Like, what a fucking, <laughs> like, sure, okay, sure. Yeah. We'll just figure the whole and, thing out. And I got to tell you, man, like... Uh, if you, if you were ever to go take a deep dive into uh, into the theories and ideas behind the universe and and you know like for example the Fermi paradox have you ever heard of the Fermi paradox? No. Okay, so the Fermi paradox basically says that if we take our universe, our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, and we look at all the planets and the diversity of planets and the stars and everything. And if our one planet has life, mm -hmm. and out of the billions and billions of galaxies that are out there, even if one planet in an entire galaxy has, has life, then there should be life everywhere. Right. Everywhere. Mm -hmm. But we don't see it. And that's the paradox. Yeah. Why don't, why don't we see it? Mm -hmm. So there's an answer, a quote-unquote answer to that paradox which is the dark forest uh, idea. Okay. And the dark forest idea is, let's just say you're in a dark forest, okay? And you hear animals all around you. What are you going to do? Are you going to be like, hey, I'm over here? Right. Or are you going to be try, like... You try to get out quiet, yeah. Right? So, like, that's a dark forest uh, idea. That's supposed to be the answer to the Fermi paradox. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Some people take that into consideration, some don't. But <laughs> anyway, I'm getting into this whole tangent. Uh, I, I, I hope everybody's had fun today on the Science Know It All podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 
Thank, but thank you, this, Professor Proton. This, <laughs> so, so this movie takes it a step further and, and makes it to where, yes, there are other dimensions. Yes, there's life in the other dimensions. Life, right? Quote, and, quote. Yeah. But I love the fact that the basic premise of this movie is that this ship went to another dimension and came back alive. Mm-hmm. And it, it went to hell and came back alive. Yeah. Like, do, do you, do you think that it's alive or do you think that it's like just haunted with the spirits of its crew? I think it's possessed. Yeah. Like possessed, right? Yeah. I think the ship is possessed. That's how I like understood it. Like, and that's quite the fucking like, a little nice little twist on your haunted house idea. Like, no, it's not haunted. It's possessed. Night of the Demons for the win. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. It's kind of a Night of the Demons idea because it's the same thing. That was one of my favorite things about Night of the Demons. Like, you know, the haunted house thing. Like, why don't you just leave? And like, in Night of the Demons, the wall just closed. Yeah. Like, they didn't show it closed. Just Evil Dead. They, same thing in Evil Dead. Yeah, like they went outside and there was no exit anymore. Mm-hmm. And like that's a scary thought. That's a, that's a fucking helpless thought. Is that like yeah, the wall, the the opening is just gone now, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing. Like the Event Horizon is more of a fucking like more logical, which is so silly to think about in this movie. <laughs> yeah, logical way of like why can't we get out? Because there's space outside. You'll die. Yeah, like you'll and, freeze. And I love that they made it to where you had to stay in the ship because their ship that they got there in was destroyed. Yeah. Right? And now they're stuck in the event horizon. And now they're stuck in the event horizon. And they're all having these visions of like things that they never, like there's a scene where Lawrence Fishburne tells about the guy that he lost. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, sir, you never told me that. And he's like, that's the thing. I didn't, I never told anybody about that. Yeah, but the ship that. knew. Yeah, but the ship knew, and it used it against me, and it's using that against all of us. Yeah. Kathleen Quinlan is having visions of her son, who is back on Earth, who like everybody knows that he's sick, but they don't mm. know how sick he is. Yeah, you know? but the ship knows. But the ship knows, man, and that right. that's what's so crazy about it. And as the movie progresses, you see Sam Neill's character just like losing it more and more but like trying to basically the ship is using his dead wife to reel him in you know and he's letting it and meanwhile everybody is just trying to to get the get the 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 ship back in 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 working condition so they can get off and he's dragging his feet on purpose you know and it's so fucking it's such a weird like unsettling thing man like Mm -hmm. I, 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 the idea of, of the fucking, the house knowing your fears is cool. Mm-hmm. Not the thing in the house, the yeah. house. It's very Amityville. Like and you are your own enemy. Yeah. Like it's gonna, it's like, it's gonna fucking turn you against you. It's the overlook in space. Like if you really <laughs> think about it, it's the overlook in space. And like Samuel goes full Jack Torrance. Right. And and I remember it's funny that you mentioned that dude because Paul W S Anderson said that one of his one of his inspirations was The Shining. Mm-hmm. I don't really see it that much, especially in the cinematography, because I think no, they just went their no. own route. Like it's yeah. kind of started out that way, 
Uh-huh. But it's very much more alien than it is. Uh, uh, yeah, it's very more, way more alien than it is Shining. Yeah, like, but it, it, like that, it's not close to Shining. I love Event Horizon, but let's 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 take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> let's be realistic here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this this feels like it couldn't ever happen. Like, yeah. like fucking Event Horizon feels like that would like for me that'll never happen to me. I'm not going yeah. to space. Like, this will never be you know a thing think, that happens to me. You know what I think the best part of this movie is? And, and it's not the jump scares, which are top-notch. It's mm-hmm. not the makeup effects or the horror effects, which are top-notch. It's not the set design, which is above top-notch. Yeah. It's it's the characters and the acting. And I rarely give that uh, credit to horror movies like this mm. that are basically just like popcorn flicks, mainstream you know, garbage or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But... The characters in this movie, especially Lawrence Fishburne, the characters in this movie are, they start out as kind of stereotypes, but their development as the movie goes on and as they get scared comes out and their humanity just shows and you really feel their fear, especially Kathleen Quinlan's character. Oh, yeah. You know? Because she's the mama bear, dude. Like she's the she's the de facto second in command. She's the de facto like everybody looks up to her. Yeah, you know, like and she may not be, she may not be in charge, but she's got this seniority that everybody like has a much respects. higher respect for her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like she's the one that everybody looks up to and respects and uh, uh, looks to as the mother, right? The mother mm-hmm. figure. Yeah. Um, and then when she starts losing it, like the horror of that scene is just so real. Her performance, her performance is top notch. And we were talking about this earlier. Um, uh, Private Justin's, I forget, I forget his name. Noseworthy, Jack Noseworthy. Yeah, his character, the scene where he's being taken over and he goes into that (laughs) airlock. (laughs) Yeah. And, and he's like, if you've seen the things that I've seen, you'd be doing the same thing or whatever. whatever you, you You wouldn't be trying to stop me. You wouldn't be trying to stop me, right? Yeah. And then he unlocks the door lock and the alarm goes off and he snaps out of it. And like the look of utter terror on his face, dude. And this is one of uh, Paul W.S. Anderson's best directing moments in his entire yeah. career. Yeah. That scene, that 30 seconds when that so scary. is counting down and and uh, uh, they're like, like hold hold your breath make sure or make sure that all the air is sucked out of your lungs and hold your breath close your eyes and that, as that's happening the blood is just squirting out of his eyes and he's like like going crazy like the, the terror in that scene is real it is excellently done and it is the highlight of this movie straight yeah, up yeah i think so, i think so too <clears throat> i think it's it's the real like that scene is is it is it's the highlight of the film it's that moment that I wish I could have experienced in theaters with people because, yeah. man, I bet they were. It's a very hold your breath moment. Yep. Like it's much. done. It's done Fun so intensely. <laughs> like, yeah. And like <laughs> the, the alarm going off, the red light and the strobe. Yep. And like him, like, hey, like, what are you doing? Open the door. And yeah. like her crying because, like, I can't. Like, you've, you've activated the airlock. The oxygen is literally leaving. That room, if I open the door, I could decompress the whole ship. Like, and, I can't and, open the door. It's fucking and it horrible. Could, and it could very easily have gone the way, like, 
like you know, uh, snap out of it, soldier, whatever. No, no, no. Yeah. These no. people care for each they other. They care they about love each, each other. other. You know, like, that's, and that's like the, the worst part about it is you. They okay. they all care about one another. Yep. And and the look on her face as she's saying like, "There's nothing I can do." Like like she's crying. Yeah. Know? Like she's about to lose her friend. And uh, like Jack Noseworthy has this thing I was saying right before we were before we came back on, is that like he he has this shudder to his voice in that yeah. moment. Where he's like, quit fucking around. I knew this is a joke, right? Like, yeah. you're not going to really let me get sucked out of an airlock. He like, knows he's fucking... messed up. Yeah. It's it's like it's the, 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 it's like the, the, the uselessness in his voice. Like, he knows mm-hmm. that he, they can't open the door. He knows. And he's you know? just, ter- and he's terrified. Yeah. He like, knows what that a they moment, can't open the door. What a moment to be terrified in, though. Yeah. Like, that's a terrifying, so, like, thought. Yeah. So uh, this movie goes full slasher towards the end. <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell it, you one thing, dude. But I'll but I'll tell you one thing. Um, it it needed to go that route. Oh yeah, God yeah. It you can't go there. You route. can't take you can't take it to that level of extreme and then just like eh. you can't yeah. shrug off an ending for this movie. Yeah, like, it just doesn't <laughs> work that way. Like, no, it needs to. This movie needs to end in a bang. Uh, and it, boy, it, it they can't... they really they give you the explosions at the right moment. They really do, and and it's it's uh, uh it's funny because, um, it it ends in such an action movie way, but here's the yeah. thing. But here's the thing, Sam Neill was just I'll tell you, Sam Neill. As much as I love him, and as much as I I I I, I love him as an actor. He's got some amazing performances under his belt. Mm-hmm. Like fifty percent of the movies that he's in, he just sleepwalks through. Like he just yeah, he, he doesn't this is like one he of cares. Them. He sleepwalks okay. through a lot of this one, except when he gets to the last part of the movie yes. and he's all made up. Yeah, I like, was like, but, but, but like, buddy, when when they needed him, oh, yeah. he Doctor Grant showed her up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. He, he he, they move and herds the fuck out of you at the end of this movie. <laughs> Like, no, he does, dude, and it's it's funny because like if you try describing the end, the third act of this movie, it sounds like an action movie. So like Sam Neill's taken, like the the ship takes over him, it possesses him, and like he lets it, he lets he it, lets it. He, he allows it, he lets it into himself. So then fucking the the thing that takes over him decides, all right, I'm gonna blow up the ship. That they showed up in that docked to the event horizon. It's like docked to it right now. Blows it up with Sean Pertwee inside, and and uh, the black dude. Does that look when he sees the bomb. Yeah, dude, just the hopelessness in his face. Like, well, shit. Like, there's no point oh, in no. running. <laughs> yeah, like there's no point in running. There's no point in getting upset. Like, I'm dead in like four seconds, and like it's awful. And the black dude outside taking the spacewalk gets blown off the ship and he goes flying, hurtling into space, but he's still alive. And like he the entire uses time he's like, What the fuck was this always happened to me? Yeah, and, and he's just yeah. like Axel foleying his lines and yeah. like he is. Like <laughs> what the shit always gotta happen to me? I'm like, this has happened before, bro. If that happened to me, I will I quit. 
like, I make it out. Reevaluate your career choices, man. Yeah, I was like, brother, I'm suing you guys. <laughs> like, fuck, I quit. Like, you're going to rename NASA after me. Like, <laughs> like I'm going to run this shit like Elon Musk. Like, bro, like, it, it, it's so fucking ridiculous. And, like, now they're running around the ship and they're stuck. And, like, this is where it goes full haunted house. Like, the like the dead bodies, like, that were floating in space are now, like, smeared into the walls. Like, fucking Sam Neill's eyes are gone. They're hollowed out of his head. Like, Which is a CGI effect, but it looks kind of good. It looks good. It, it, yeah. it works because not it's bad. not bad. It's only for a split second when he kills him. It like, looked it, way it, better. It looked way better when I was watching it on VHS back in the yes. day. I'll tell you that though. Yes, it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> it, it looks it, good. This is one of those movies that you should have left it alone when you had it on VHS. Yeah, like I, I fully believe that about a lot of movies, even DVD. Like, stop here. Like, do yeah. not, do not go any further. Don't fucking try to clear it up anymore. You're gonna ruin it. And like yeah, the, the, a lot of the visual matchings in this movie, the digital uh, and film matchings don't really hold up. <laughs> no, like it's okay. So like one of those things for me is like Silence of the Lambs. I hate watching it in high definition. Like yeah. I, I want DVD quality if I can get it. I want I prefer VHS because in like super fucking high def, like I can see the makeup lines on everybody. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins' face is way too white compared to the rest of him. And, like, when you watch it on VHS, it almost looks like he's peering out of a shadow. Like, stuff like that needs that graininess. Event Horizon is one of those movies that, like, it needs it in certain areas. Because, like, watching it in high def, it really does look good. But, yeah. like, some areas you really need it to be as dark as it was on VHS. Like I when don't want to all digital like the all digital scenes look good when it's a digital mixed with the with the film uh mm. a grain like it, that that's where it starts kind of you know yeah, the yeah. that's why I'm like I'm cool with DVD like you don't have to get any like deeper than in the <laughs> definition than that yeah. and like this right. is one of those movies for me this one should have stopped at DVD <laughs> yeah. but like I I like it still like it doesn't take anything away from it for me anyway yeah. cuz like yeah. again like the set design is beautiful the makeup is incredible like because yeah. they cg they cgi the hollowness in his eyes for that split second but then mm -hmm. is the scene where he's in the captain's chair and like yeah. he, he still has his eyelids but they're shredded dude he's got a full body prosthetic of his skin all cut up and everything that's a full yeah. body yeah, practical full body. real life prosthetic and i remember watching the behind the scenes <coughs> of this movie remember when hbo used to have uh behind the scenes uh yeah, documentaries like 15 shit, minute yeah. documentaries or whatever yeah the, the 15 minute documentaries between the, yeah. between the movies i love those yeah but like he was they actually showed him there he's completely from head to toe mm. not wearing any clothes and he's completely head to toe covered in in this full body prosthesis covered in cuts yeah. And he's got these little little things over his eyes so that they can like literally digitally remove his eyes. Mm -hmm. And he's there doing the performance. And I gotta tell you, man, like like this is like the, the best part of his performance in this movie. Like he's yeah. going all out, dude. And it's creepy. Yeah. It is creepy. 
like how, love, how well it works the the design because he in, in that moment when he's in the captain's chair he's talking about how like he saw everything like he yeah. saw everything the ship saw and not only did it drive him insane it compelled him to tear out his own eyes yeah like he's he scratched all across his face in that moment like and yeah. it's like you it's the design is like duh it's like dug scratches across the face mm-hmm. and like it's hideous dude and and this is where like i'm glad that when because he does like samuel sleepwalks through a lot of his scenes and like i get it because i feel like some things just feel silly to him mm-hmm. like and now and now scream like there's a monster there oh <laughs> oh yeah, like he's so like whatever and like he's like if it, it, like sam neil's like if there was a monster there i would simply kick its ass <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he's just so badass right but like yeah man and, and like but like moments when he gets to ham it up like boy he takes a second helping of that ham like he goes and i love it that like, scene I, where that scene where they're where they're in the core and he's like grabbing Lawrence fishburne's head and he's like let me show you yeah that like, is great horror bro that is great horror like he has two really like like two really pivotal creepy like oh my god like scenes <laughs> and and it's the one where like after he tears his eyes out and he's sitting in the captain's chair like villain riffing like can i riff like he's just riffing <laughs> and like but he's like yeah. riffing about hell and shit and it's like all right you're fucking like he's vincent pricing <laughs> like he's really like he's living it and then, like, to go and do that, because you know that was one of those scenes where everybody's in the room and they're filming it and, like, watching it. And, like, you know those moments. Like, when we've, we've worked on a film together, when, like, the actors, like, everybody comes together and they deliver at 100%. And you're like, fuck, yeah, that's going to look so good when we edit it. Like, when we fucking <laughs> get it in the editing bay and we put the music, oh, it's going to look so fucking good. Like, yeah. you feel those moments. So I can't imagine like them like sitting around everybody like the cast the crew like watching him deliver like this like with the lights dimmed and like cuz it does you the, him not being able to see like he could be talking to any fucking one of you like and it's mm. it's it's such a like <laughs> intense moment and then like I feel like that was one of those things cuz he gets sucked through the window yeah. <laughs> like like for some reason, Lawrence Fishburne and and the the English chick, like they're fine, but Sam yeah. Neil gets sucked through a window in space, and I feel like that was supposed to be the end for him. I yeah. really do. And then Paul Anderson was like, "You know what, though? Let's do it again. Like, <laughs> let's do yeah. it again and have him." Like, that was so like, good. Like he, he fucking back like not only did he get sucked out into space, he got dragged back into hell, and he was like, "Nah." I'm not done riffing. <laughs> no, Sam Neil was like, look, look, Paul, I spent 27 hours in the makeup chair to get this on. We're doing another scene. <laughs> like, load it up. I'm not taking, I'm yeah. not killing this off right now. Like we're doing yeah, something else with this. It's going to take me 10 hours to take this off. Let's do it again. Let's yeah. Like, nah, man, I'm already but, tired. Like fuck tired. Like I'm there. I'm not taking this yeah. off. Like, so and so, it's it's so fucking creepy, dude. He's he. It's fun to watch him like deliver like that. 
Like, because Sam Neill is an amazing actor when he feels yeah, like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. He's very much in the in the vein of Bruce Willis. When Bruce Willis is on, man, he, is he can on. bring it. Yes, he can bring dude. it, you know? Like, when but, Bruce Willis you know. wants to bring the thunder, he brings the thunder. Yeah. <laughs> like, but anyway, yeah. yeah dude, so, sixth sense. <laughs> so, uh, so the movie ends with with uh, them blowing up the event horizon. Um, the uh, oh shoot, what's his name? Um, uh, the British lady, the the blonde British lady, and uh, and the black dude. Um, take and, off and Jack Noseworthy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can kind of forget about him because he's like in the sick bay. Like he's like, yeah, you know, like he's, after, he's after they pull him, after because yeah. they, they do save him from space. They save him, yeah, and yeah. like they just they put him in the hospital bay. But they they were like, remember when they go into the hyperbaric chambers? They do show yeah. you that he's already in it. He's there, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and and dude, this <laughs> the last scene where she comes out. Julie, her name's Julie Richardson, the actress. She comes out and uh, the rescue. And I knew something was up the first time I saw this movie because the rescue team were all covered, like, yeah, to toe. To toe. you couldn't see their face. It's like, oh, dude, this is going to be somebody, isn't it? It's SWAT it, here in space. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's it's Sam Neill in in the like like you're home with us you know yeah and then you and then you realize it's a dream so does that mean that it's over or is hell also taking over that uh that lifeboat so like here's the thing because it kind of ends ambiguously that way it's it, it ends so ambiguously that it's a definitive ending but uh. I always felt like, man, you are clamoring for an Evil Dead level of part two of Event Horizon. Like, because I like the idea that the rescue squad got there and now it's a whole new plate of victims. And now we've got to attach this rescue pod and take it and they're taking it through space, but it's still possessed. And like, like a virus. Yeah, full on Evil Dead in space. Mm. Give it to me. <laughs> Give me Evil Dead in space. God damn it. Wasn't wasn't that like one of the one of the uh, proposed uh, actual Evil Dead sequels, Evil Dead in space? Yeah, but I think that's a that's a joke at this point. Um, uh, your your horror franchise goes to space to die, and your sci-fi franchise goes <laughs> back in time to die. You go to yeah. the old west to die, and like, <laughs> <laughs> I like. I mean, I mean, Leprechaun did it. Jason did it. <laughs> Hellraiser, and I, I'm a I'm a defender of Hellraiser Bloodline. I'm a I'm mm-hmm. an avid defender of it. Like, I, I I really wish we could have gotten the version that we were supposed to get, the the very cared for version. Because like it's like I said about the new Hellraiser movie. That my absolute favorite thing about it is that somebody cared about Hellraiser again. And that's yeah. that that meant a lot to me because Dimension has not given a fuck about Hellraiser for 20 years. Like way well, more. they only care about they only care about the name and keeping the, the right keeping the, uh, the 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 name. So they put you fucking know. eight they put eight dollars into every movie they fucking make and it's terrible. Like so much so the remake fucking, that they did the remake that they did a couple years ago was really good. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's what I really liked about it is that it was fucking 
um, it was it was loved. Like Hellraiser got love again, and it's like because I, I kind of I say that about certain movies. Like so, certain movies keep getting love. Like Evil Dead has always mm-hmm. gotten love. Like remakes, yeah. like two remakes, fucking a TV show, like a fucking ridiculous timeline, like video games, everything. Evil Dead always gets love. And like mm-hmm. some movies really don't get that treatment. Like most franchises don't. Like even now they're they're wanting to give that love back to Leprechaun. And I think that's so weird. Like how much how, like what can you do? Like Leprechaun's lightning in a bottle. Like it was just such a fucking like what else can we make a villain in a horror movie? Like I'm down to fucking. It was never that good, though. <laughs> no, that's the thing. <laughs> never that. It was, good. it was never that good of a movie. Like I mean, I Warwick Davis was like the one saving grace of that entire franchise, man. <laughs> literally, like yeah. literally, the biggest saving grace of that franchise has been Warwick Davis, and like, yeah, it went further than it needed to. We didn't have to go to fucking. Like space, space and the hood, the hood. and Vegas. <laughs> I liked when he went to Vegas. Like yeah. it's an awful movie that they confirmed takes place in the Night of the Demons universe. I don't. Oh, yeah. Like oh. Uh, Mouse uh, or Melissa, and um, oh, what was her name? I can't remember her name from Evil from uh, Night of the Demons Two, uh, and Father Bob. They all come out and. In Leprechaun 3, they're gambling. And, oh, like, they even refer to Father Bob as Father Bob, and he refers to her as Melissa, and, like... I'm like, oh, shit. It's, like, them from Evil Dead, from Night of the Demons 2. Why do I keep saying Evil Dead 2? Because I guess I want to watch Evil Dead 2. Yeah. But... There you go. <laughs> but I wanted it in space. Yep. <clears throat> so, did they ever make any any sequels to, to this? That I, like, direct-to-video? Because I know that a lot of the movies in the 90s... If they did get a, a, a sequel, it went straight to video. No, um, like, from what I understand, like, Paul Anderson wanted to do a sequel. He had an idea for a sequel. But it was, like, one of those things where, like, it's a sequel, but it's an it's a definitive, like, end to the story. Uh-huh. And, like, they wanted to give him less money to do it, and he wanted more. Yeah. And they just they couldn't come they're- to an agreement on budget, and they're just like, fuck it. And they just didn't do it. And they ended up giving him Mortal Kombat instead. Like they, I guess that might have been like, um, the thing too. Yeah, like they gave him Resident Evil or Mortal Kombat. Did he do Mortal Kombat too? He did, right? Oh, oh okay. yeah, nothing to do with Mortal Kombat too. I don't blame him then. No, nope. but I mean, maybe that was it. Like maybe instead of he, Horizon, there were he like, made he made this Resident movie. Evil? He made this movie instead of of directing uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Good choice. He, he preferred to do. His, but yeah he went on to to do the resident evil movies which for better or worse um definitely worse a a lot worse it 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 kept the franchise alive because let's face it until resident until resident evil 4 came out the Mm. franchise was dead because resident evil 3 was was basically i mean as good as resident evil 3 was resident Mm. evil it, it was it was just a remake of resident evil 2 the video game and uh like they just basically kept rehashing the characters and storyline of part two yeah uh like with veronica and all that and then they made resident evil 4 for the gamecube and that just changed everything and revitalized the video game and like like in my opinion i'm like that was too that was too much video game you didn't deserve it none of us yeah 
No, dude, that game was way ahead of its time, and 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 it, it still holds up, even though they remade it, which I yeah. didn't think they had to do. Uh, the original still holds up, and I and I love it. But I, it, it's, it's, it's unfortunately it's one of those games for me that it is my bar. Yeah, like it's it's my bar. Like you fucked up your video game so bad if it's not this good. Like, it has <laughs> yeah. to be this fucking good to me. Like, yeah. shouldn't have fucking done it. You shouldn't have fucking made a game that good and like, yeah, we can do this with video games. Like, why the fuck would you tell me that? Like, now I want all my video games to be this good. Yeah, like, exactly. I can't, I can't, I can't accept eight levels. Yeah. This isn't Mario Brothers anymore, dude. Like, and even then, yeah. Mario gave us three per level. Like, and he's still, and and you know what, dude, Pavel W. Anderson, he's still making movies with Mila Jovovich. Oh yeah, his um, beautiful wife, Mila Jovovich. You know what? And 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 his his. I mean, they're a lovely family. They're they're good people. From everything that I know, Paul mm. W. Anderson is is a decent uh, human being. Uh, Mila Jovovich is honestly, if I didn't find her so damn attractive, like like she would be like one of the bros. You know, she yeah, she yeah. looks and acts like whenever I see her in interviews or like like videos on set or whatever. Like she seems like one of the bros. You know. Um, you can tell she's she's and, living her dream, like she's having fun. Yeah, she's a legit. She's legit happy to be there. <laughs> yeah, know? like and it so it, um, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that your husband is a director. That every time they give him a million dollars, he comes back with at least ten. And you know what? Uh, it's not nepotism. If uh, if anybody other than him was directing a movie and she still gets the job, that's not yeah. nepotism, man. Yeah, she's no, cool. she was. She's she was she was in Fifth Element before she was with him. Yeah, and she is. Uh, I think she's one of the most underrated actors because the fact that she did the Fifth Element and she came up with her own language along with Luke Besson, yeah. came up with her own language and did that performance, performing a language that nobody else knows. Yeah, you know, props. it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary props. But like, yeah. that's one of those things where it's like some people go further for their art. And like she was one of those people, and that's and she's 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 awesome. She's a great talent, but yeah, like brilliant. Paul Anderson's a really good director, and 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 like I said, like I feel like he comes with a curse because like they've remade Resident Evil twice since Paul Anderson had the helm of it. Mm, they did yeah. it on a TV show that collapsed and like died, and then I couldn't I couldn't wa- I, I I watched like ten minutes of it. I couldn't watch it because it 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 wasn't a Resident Evil show. Not at did all. you at did all. you. Did you watch the movie, the Welcome to Raccoon City? I watched the Welcome to Raccoon City. I watched it. Um, I admire that they were obviously fans of the game, but I don't like the changes that they made to the lore because it didn't make any sense. Here's the here's None the whatsoever. Thing. Here's the thing, though. This is what you get when your movie stays inches away from your lore. That's what you yeah. get. You got what you deserved. Mm-hmm. It was the same thing with Punisher Warzone. Everybody was like, the movie was stupid. I'm like, that movie was Warzone, guys. That's like, the comic book. See, but like when you get that close, um, like Punisher Warzone went all the way. All yeah. The way. I was going to say, I was like, I think all that movie way. fucking nailed it. Like, But Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, they edged everybody. <laughs> they edged everybody. That's why I was so disappointed with it because they didn't go all the way. They chickened out at the last minute last inch they chickened out and like and that's, I, that's I, what my um, my fault i thought it was, was so i thought it was so funny that fucking like 
the Leon character, you finally get Leon and they made him like the biggest wuss in the world. Like the dumbest Barney Fife motherfucker you've ever seen. Like, boy, these people really thought they were going to get to part four. (laughs) Like, like you really thought you were going to get badass Leon, huh? (laughs) Yeah, you know. When when you when you change the character that much and it's not even about the ethnicity or whatever, dude, like that oh, wasn't Leon, that. dude. Come no, his, on, his, dude. His character like, was terrible. He, that wasn't Leon, dude. Like that that wasn't even that wasn't anybody in any of the Resident Evil games. That was just I, I don't know, man, but that wasn't Leon. And I'm not talking about looks, I'm not talking about ethnicity, I'm talking about his character. character. I don't care. I don't care if they got Peter Dinklage to play Leon, as long as they get the character right, yeah. As long as he's a badass, like, yeah, what the that guy is never gonna punch a boulder, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That guy's not, I can't see that guy kicking somebody's head into Kool Aid, no, but anyway, uh, yeah, man, that was Resident uh, Resident Evil, (laughs) that was Event Horizon, same director, you're forgiven, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Um, what it was a sleeper. I wouldn't say a sleeper hit because it wasn't a hit at all. But it gained no. such a massive cult following that um, it 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 still holds up. It's still really good. It's still Paul W S. One of Paul W S. Anderson's best movies. Absolutely. And uh, I'm including I'm including all the the thousand Resident Evil movies that he did and, and Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Yeah, I, I was like, it's like the Mortal Kombat to me. I think this is better than Mortal Kombat, um, but then again, Mortal Kombat was his first movie, and, and you could tell that he was kind of like figuring it out still. See, and th- uh, nah, say, say what you will, but it was better than the one that came out on HBO. Like, fuck that suck-ass Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah. Ooh, we're going to have actual fatalities in this one. Yes, but are you, are you, you do plan on having a tournament fight in your tournament <laughs> fighter movie, yes? Hello? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Damn, dude. I'm still still mad about that. I'm still still mad about it. I'm going to give the sequel a chance, but it's not giving me a lot of hope. You know? Bro, after that, I will never never forgive that movie for what the fuck they did to Goro. I will never forgive that. I will never forgive that movie. Really? Like, like you never never dreamed of watching a Goro fight in a trailer park? (laughs) Bro, the, the fact that the guy in the suit... Had like Tongpo Chong Li Mongolian levels of villainy, like in a Van Damme mm-hmm. movie. Like he just killed everybody. He just like, no, nah, I'm just gonna punch them and they're gonna die. Yeah. And like this Goro just like took an ass beating from some guy named Chris or what was his name? I don't know, man. It doesn't matter what his name. <laughs> yeah, it's so shit. funny because like his because like his special power was turning into a rock. <laughs> But anyway, God, you know, man, so, like that's like D-list X-Men powers. Like, <laughs> so uh, we are kicking off our uh, horror season because you know that's what the algorithm tells us to do. That's what uh, September tells us to do. That's what September it's, pre-hall- tells us it's pre-Halloween. Yeah. So um, it's coming up on my favorite time of the year because it's my birthday. It's Thanksgiving and the football games around Thanksgiving and it's Christmas oh, and it's New Year's. Like the best. What, what, what was that? What was that score again? Forty and zero. <laughs> Forty to zero. Yes, we are that those hurts. kinds of cowboy fans. Damn <laughs> right, we're, that, we're those kinds of cowboy yeah. fans. Forty and yeah. zero. Fuck your team. 
<laughs> so, uh, so we're going to we, we're we've just kicked it off with the awesome Event Horizon, and next week we are going to do a movie that I'm surprised we haven't done yet in the four years that we've been doing this uh, this podcast, and uh, it's a classic, and it is a uh, measure by which all other horror movie slashers slash uh, um, uh, movie movie lines are measured by. And it what is, movie is that? It is a it's a measuring stick, bro. We're we're on our way back to Springwood, guys. We have never fucking done a Nightmare on Elm Street, and like next week, yeah. we dive deep into everything Freddy Krueger, everything what Wes Craven did, like mm. Chuck Russell, friend of the show Renny Harlan, like <laughs> everybody who's had their. They're shot from from the beginning to the remake. We are going to talk about Nightmare on Elm Street. One of my all time favorite uh, final girls in horror, Heather Lankenkamp. Um, yep. Like just set the bar uh, along with Jamie Lee Curtis when it comes to these, these movies. They so, did. Um, like I yeah. I think I I fucking like Heather Langenkamp and like Jamie Lee Curtis's contributions to horror are like on the same level just because like. Like Jamie Lee got her Oscar this year, like that mm. don't mean shit. Like, <laughs> like Heather Langenkamp could do a fucking. Yeah. Brendan Fraser has an Oscar, guys. Like, yeah. who would have thought of that five years ago? Yeah, like, and it, it's it, also, it, and it's also the the film debut of one of the biggest movie stars in the history of movies, Johnny Depp. <laughs> one of one, one of the biggest cases in the world of fucking. Like, it's OJ Simpson level of of attention, guys. Right, the poop heard around <laughs> the world, as, and just as important, we promise. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, hey Bob, where can people find our awesome podcast to listen oh. to uh, to that episode? Man, you can find us wherever fine podcasts are sold. We can find us on Podbean. You can find us on Spotify, on Apple Music, or even on. The one that I always forget, but remember when I, you know, what's, what's weird. I've Pavloved myself. I can't remember what it's called until I say, I can't remember what it's called. And then good part. And then it comes to you. Good part. It's weird. <laughs> I, I Pavloved myself, dude. There you go. Like, I, <laughs> You're I don't know. Schrodinger. Like you don't remember it and you remember it at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't, I fucking like ding. Like I can't yeah. say it until I fucking say I remembered it. Like I can't remember it. I'm like, oh yeah, good part. It's weird. <laughs> Help us with our memory, guys. Uh, go ahead and uh, uh, join us. Also, we're on uh, Patreon. Uh, money helps us remember. Uh, so it's if true. you have That's a couple of is. extra bucks, yeah, you have a couple like, of extra re- bucks. Rem- remember, uh, guys, throw some money our way. The more you throw, the more we know. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we're poets, and we don't even know it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, with that being said, I'm Will. I'm Bob. That, my friends, was the movie Know It All podcast here on the Know It All Network. We will see you all next time. Later.